Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. We are back with the Fireside Freedom. We don't really have our uh, introductions all built up and going yet, but we'll have an intro figured out here before too long. It is, I got to check the date. I can't even remember what the date is. January 18th, 2022. But I do know the episode number. It is episode number two. That'd be pretty bad if I screwed that up. So <laughs> tonight we're going to talk about a topic that I picked, uh, rather passionate about getting started in prepping. And I have Brian, Letty, Amy, and I believe Tom will be coming along real shortly. So let's start out, guys, with what's everybody drinking? That seems to be the one we have to ask, doesn't it? Brian? Uh, Voodoo Ranger Experimental IPA. Nice. Amy? All I have is coffee tonight. That's, That's okay. all. Pretty, pretty boring. <laughs> Ms. Letty Lou? Hot cocoa. That. And I've got Diet Pepsi with my Maker's Mark bourbon and my Toronto Blue Jays cup. So go Canucks. Let's go back. <laughs> so um, let's start out with, you know, we're, we're going to talk about prepping, but what did anybody get done this week? Just one thing. Doesn't have to be prepper. Just something you did that was a, a win for you. And I'll... I'll start since I uh, give everybody time to think since I sprung this on everybody. But I, uh, if you follow me on social, I got a, uh, what is it? An eight inch, I think they call it anyway, uh, cast iron frying pan that I found at the dump at the landfill. I was super excited. And I spent yesterday figuring out how to strip it, how to reseason it. And I cooked eggs in it this morning and it was damn near, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, stickless. It didn't stick at all. Nonstick. That's what I'm looking for. So nice. Nice. And we have Tom with us now too. Hello, Thomas. Howdy. Hello, hello. Oh, you man. Think everybody you hear me that? okay? Yep. Yeah, we can. And we're live, by the way. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I'm just asking everybody, um, yeah, what, what, what you did this week. And let us I bet you Tom can answer that question because we talked about it last night. What What's <laughs> one win you had this week, Tom? One serious win. We got our pantry constructed. So I was up late, up early and late and got it constructed. So it's, uh, we had this weird little closet and we needed storage space. Imagine that. What did they, where did they store their stuff in the 1900s? So we needed a pantry. So I built some pantry shelf, pantry shelving. And, uh, the second thing is I arrived at this hotel in Detroit Lake State. We got 45 mile an hour winds, whiteout conditions, glazed ice. And here I am. What was I thinking coming up here? Jeez. Unbelievable. Constructive Liberty podcast says they're drinking grape juice. So that's good. I like that. <laughs> and uh, Brian, what uh, did, we didn't go to you yet, did we? Oh, and Tom's drinking bubbly. What, uh, anything? Oh, uh, I guess the biggest thing is I started my podcast last week. Got five episodes recorded and yeah. uh, another two this week so far. So that's a win. Right on. Miss Dingman? Mrs. Uh, Dingman? I, I, Mrs. Dingman. Uh, <laughs> I worked on getting healthy. I am, I'm better than I was last week, so that is a win. And we were all able to go out and cut wood, which was good because we have a huge pile of logs sitting um, that we've just been working out of. So we were able to cut some wood and and uh, get that get that ready for when we get our another cold snap here tomorrow. So that's this year's wood or next year's wood? This year's. Yep. Yep. I understand. Yep. And they've done that many times. Yep. <laughs> How about Letty? What'd you do this week, Letty? Um, we got most of we got most of our uh, pantry stock actually like organized and 
one moment, little man, organized and um, actually like on the shelves in the basement. So it, we know what we have and now we can start to move on to the next area of being prepared, which we have to have a chat about what exactly that's going to be, <laughs> but it's exciting. It means something different to everybody, doesn't it? Yep. All right. So tonight, like I said, we're going to talk about getting into preparedness, getting started in preparedness. You know, it seems recently, I'm sure with all the fun that we've had in the last couple of years, it absolutely seems that more and more, I, I get a lot of questions on social. I'm sure you guys do too. Like, where do I start? What do I do? I seen Amy's done a couple of kind of like bare bones, basic prepping videos the last couple of weeks. And it's a topic that's pertinent to just about everybody because everybody's just a little bit, I don't know, on edge or feeling like they want to control something. And the best way to do that is to at least control what you can control, right? So we're going to start. Uh, first question for everybody is going to be, how did you get into preparedness? So uh, let's go around the horn. Brian, if you want to start. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think it really stemmed out of uh, job loss. Um, Corey and I had just bought a house and, um, she, one day they were downsizing her position at work and they offered her a, a severance package or a, a re very reduced wage at, uh, at a job there. And it was kind of like, holy crap, we got to cut all this money out of our budget today, or she's not going to have a job because it was, I think, like 2012-ish. So job market was horseshit. And um, yeah, so it was a, man, if we had had a bunch of food or something, maybe that would have been a lot easier to overcome in the short term. So that got us kind of looking into it. It was right in the doomsday prepper kind of heyday so i mean it was ripe for the picking and all over the internet so it was easy to get into right on right on how, how about you amy i don't know that it was ever like a conscious decision to get into prepping i think it was kind of something we always did um growing up i think because when you live in minnesota and it's it's common to get snowed in or iced in or anything like that if you don't live right in town you can walk to the grocery store you just get used to like growing up with always having extra on the shelves, always having, you know, extra supplies. And I was thinking about like, is this just living in Minnesota? And I realized, no, when I was growing up, uh, my mom didn't drive. My mom didn't get a driver's license till she was in her fifties. And so we, when we would go grocery shopping, we would always get a huge amount of stuff and we'd always have shelves, you know, full in the basement. And I realized now that's because if, mom would have run out of an ingredient or we would have ran out of paper towels or whatever. She couldn't just hop in the car and go get more. Like she depended on my dad getting home from work and he worked construction. So it was long hours. So it wasn't being able to just run to the store whenever you wanted something. So I think just living with that, I actually kind of got me into the prepping mindset, just like always having stuff on hand. So, and of course that changes, you know, I grew up and moved to a farm and I'm farther out, you know, away from town, but I think that was kind of where it started was just growing up with that kind of mindset. That's cool. Yeah. So you had a bit of an example to kind of point to and it just sort of rubbed off, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. How about you, Letty? Um, I like I've, I've been trying to think about this when I really got into it. Um, I guess it was probably probably about like 2012 or so. Um, yeah, like those doomsday preppers and everything really became the show to watch. So my brothers and I would watch it. We got into walking dead. Actually, 
Actually, you know what? It was before then. It was back in 08. My parents bought a lake house out in northwestern Illinois. And we joked back then, okay, when the zombie apocalypse happens, we're going out to the lake. Aunt Moo has the cattle farm. So, like, we're going to have to make sure that we work with our cousin, that we have, like, that protected and we can keep the cattle so we got the meat. But then we got to make sure that the lake is taken care of. And we just kind of, like, joked about it. But I started thinking, like, well... If we do end up out there, like it's a 25 minute drive into Galena to be able to get to Walmart or the Piggly Wiggly to get groceries. So we always had plenty of per non-perishables on hand, but it wasn't anything anybody did. And I started listening to Jack and TSP probably. I met my husband in 2013. So it was probably early 2014. We both started listening to TSP and 2014, I started working downtown Chicago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, if something happens down here, how am I going to get home? Like, what what am I going to need to be able to get home? Like, I worked two blocks from the Sears Tower. So, like, if something happened there, you know, like, my mind started going to all these different places. So, I, I made a go bag just for myself for work. And I made sure that I had some, like, granola bars and stuff in there, spare change of clothes couple maps of the city with like different routes marked for how I could get out if I had to walk out of the city. And then I just started taking care of that in my daily life. And I mean, last, I spent most of the last year living with my parents. I had a trunk in the back of my car. Very cool kiddo that I went to Aldi's and I stocked up with canned goods, pasta, rice, like anything I could think of that I would need in there just to have just in case, because I knew my parents weren't, taking care of anything, but I needed to make sure I could provide for my kid and I. So it just slowly <laughs> moved along. It's a process, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. And Tom? The caboose always bringing up the rear. Okay. So it should have been Y2K. And I know you just did a show on that, Tim. Uh, but like many things, I learned probably how not to do some of this stuff. Uh, my parents were big into Y2K and actually built a Y2K room and stocked it full of stuff. I shared the pictures with y'all and uh, it, it was quite stunning. So it is kind of a weird thing. I think there's a there can be a fine line between hoarding and prep and, and just being prepared. And unfortunately, I love my mom, but she's more on the hoarding side. So anyway, uh, so <laughs> I should have learned then, but I did not. And it was probably 2008 after the crash of 2008 where my job was on the line and I was living in Illinois and uh, had this big house that we couldn't afford if I lost my job. And uh, I'll blame Laura Ingalls Wilder, Ingalls Wilder and, and her books. Um, it all started with there, but I was like, holy crud, people used to survive in this environment and really be able to thrive. And not that I'm gonna churn butter, but I don't know how to do jack shit. So I need to start doing stuff. I need to start saving a few things. Gardening was really the start. And then save preserving food. That's where I started to stockpile, I guess, or stock up a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's kind of grown from there. Cool. I guess we'll be a dual caboose today because I'll uh, I'll share where I, where I started. But, you know, I, I don't even, it's a process. We all say that, right? But I'd go all the way back to where I grew up. I grew up in an evangelical 
home. Uh, kind of, I wouldn't say, you know, the fire and brimstone, but definitely a focus on the end of the world. Scare the hell out of you, right? So I grew up with an unhealthy, and I mean very unhealthy, fear of the end of the world. <laughs> so I think this was honestly a way for me to process that shit, whatever you want to call it, you know? And uh, so, yeah, anyway, get out of college, get my own place. And I, everybody, we all joke, if you, if you follow my live streams, one of my slogans has been prepping since Y2K. And they keep talking, I should make shirts, and I probably will eventually. And I would say that's kind of the adult genesis of where it happened. But like everybody, it it doesn't happen overnight. You know, my, my family, my parents, uh, they grew up, you know, in homes that would be called prepper homes because that was just normal at the time. And I ignored all that. And uh, because I was, you know, young and dumb and figured I knew better. And then I went back and started learning from my grandmother and from my father and, you know, growing up on the East coast in Nova Scotia. Uh, my, and when we were a newly married couple and we had three young kids, you know, abject poverty is a good motivator. And so we always had the toilet paper closet, right? So we had a closet full of toilet paper because if the shit hit the fan, at least we could wipe it off. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's where it started. And then 2013, I remember Googling, I, I, I was working from home. I needed something to keep my ears going. So I, I Googled, um, prepper and podcast. And of course, Jack Spearco come up, uh, and, the rest has been history. And then we moved to Alberta and I kind of lost the motivation to prep for about the first year because I was so busy working. And then it just kind of hit me again and we've gone balls to the wall ever since. And yeah, so that's kind of been, yeah, that's where we started. And like, it's, it's a process. I don't know. It never, there's not a day where you wake up and you say, you know what, I'm going to be prepared or maybe some people do, but it, it just kind of seems like, you know, it's that gradual, uh, gradual slope. And eventually you wake up and you're like, Hey, you know what? I think as a family, we can handle maybe at least some minor emergencies. So yeah, that's where I started anyway. Um, so I get, like I said, I'm sure you guys do too, but it's that question, where do I start? What do, what do I do? Where do I go? Uh, you know, Alex Jones told me that the frogs are going to cause the world to end tomorrow. I need to go and buy a pallet of MREs and I need an EMP proof box. So that's all I need. Where do I go? What do I do? <laughs> So no, seriously though, but so what hire a welder. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Or or yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, right? So and I guess, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people seem to come to prepping out of fear because whatever it happens to be, whether it's 2012, the Mayan calendar, whether it's 208, the you know, the crash, Y2K, all the computers are gonna go crazy, or you know, all the fun of 2020 through infinity, whatever this is now. So, right, everybody comes to it, but so if, if I'm a new prepper guys, and I, I send you, I'm going to start with Tom, but Tom, if, I, if I'm a new prepper and I send you an email, Hey Tom, I'm scared because CME, coronal mass ejection. It doesn't matter what it is, insert whatever, but where do I start? What do you say, Tom? Well, I tell you, I'm Alex Jones and I would go get some probiotics and I would just start downing them. That's what I do is just start these little blue pills. Just keep taking the blue pills. You're going to be fine. That's what we're going to do down here because the frogs are going to take over the world. So, oh, man, Love where it. do you Love start? Um, <laughs> uh, there's a number of ways you can start. Uh, just simple stuff like Letty having a back, uh, a bug out bag or, um, you know, or me driving up here in the snowstorm, having a blank, you know, blanket and an emergency kit and a charged cell phone and a full tank of gas and a boots and 
all the stuff in case you break down or slide off or end up upside down. Like I saw several cars on the highway. Oh, I mean, you can start mm-hmm. there. A lot of people jump right into the tactical, you know, buying pew-pews and stuff that goes in the pew-pews and then they get a bunch of food, you know, buckets and buckets and buckets of food. I, it's too much, too fast. I think you start small and you, Amy has done a great job on this. She'll tell, tell us all about it. You just start by adding one thing, you know, keep a track of what you're eating on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, and then just start adding, oh, I eat a lot of peanut butter. Well, just get another one of those and keep rotating it. Don't be like my mom who still has a, ca- a case a case of tuna from 1998, somewhere down in that basement. So yeah, I know, Amy, right? So that's where I would start is just take a list and keep a list and then buy one extra buy one more and keep it rotating around so it doesn't get stale. That's where I would start. So I, you don't go to Costco and buy an entire pallet of uh, Mountain House MREs? Well, I would, but, you know, I only have so much money after I have all those probiotics. I don't know. Maybe I should have some more. I don't know. Maybe I can do that. PatriotSupply.com. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Jones. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you here, sir. How about you, lady? Uh, you, Always happy to do my part. Where would you go, Letty? Um, so for me, I would look at what what is the most likely situa- scenario that I would need to be prepared for. So when I started, for me, it was something happens to the trains in the city, something happens downtown, and that's that was my focus. So it became my get-home bag. Um, once we got married, it was job loss. Like mm. That's the most likely thing that we're going to run into, job loss and inclement weather. <laughs> I mean, especially living now up here in Northwest Wisconsin, the inclement weather, that's that's going to be on our focus for this year because we do need a better plan in case we lose power and heat. Um, but like that's because it's you're not going to deal with like a massive EMP that's going to take out everything in the United States. And, you know, you know, like the like all those apocalyptic movies, as much as I love them and I think they're awesome to watch. <laughs> And the books are like great to read, but that's not what we're going to run into. Like you you could have a sudden death in the family or illness, and that's what you're going to have to focus on. So if you think about that, you can mentally prepare yourself for A, how you're going to handle that situation when it happens. And then B, you're going to have the finances set aside for something or the food or the whatever you need to keep stay warm in the winter. Or if it's a, if you live in tornado alley, you know, that's what I would say you need to focus on. What are your top two or three most likely scenarios you're going to run into? A1. Yeah. You guys are stealing my notes so far, so this is good. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Amy? Uh, Well, like Tom said, you know, when you go to the store, uh, you've got your list of what you're going to buy, your regular grocery list that you plan to go for, buy one extra of everything on your list or two extra. Um, an- another thing sometimes that we will do is, you know, we go to the store and we've got our stuff on our list and maybe we will just pick an aisle that we're going to go down and we're going to get a little extra from that aisle. So we're going to go down the first aid aisle and we're just going to pick up a bunch of stuff, you know, a bunch of extra stuff. Now we've got more. I'm sorry. Did I take your thing, Brian? <laughs> we 
should have talked about this beforehand. <laughs> um, the other thing, what was the other thing? Um, oh, there was one time there was, um, you know, when we had the big toilet paper shortage and the Kleenex shortage and all of that, um, that got me into the habit where I would go to the store. And every time I go to the store, and I don't go to the store that often, but every time I go to the store, I'd make sure I got a package of toilet paper, a thing of Kleenex and a thing of paper towels. So, you know, for like six times of going to the store, I was always getting that. And that got us really stocked up with that. So, you know, there's a bunch of different things you can do. And I'm, I hope I didn't take everything, Brian. Sorry, I'll shut up now. So, Brian, do you have anything to add that Amy didn't steal? I mean, say already? Well, I mean, it started with Tom. He picked off my first choice. Then Letty, she hit like two, three, and four. And then Amy like dug deep and hit five. So, um I got one left in case. I, yeah. I got one. I, I'm going to steal your last one, Tim. Okay. Um, documentation. Okay, good. It's easy. I mean, it's not easy. It's free. But get all your documentation in order. Um, know where all your paperwork is. If you got to grab and go or something like that, and you need to have social security card and a birth certificate and to get new ID or whatever, have that in one place for all your family members have um, where like rendezvous locations and planning out where you're going to go, where you're going to meet in certain situations, have that all documented for your family, give them all a copy. I mean, it's the Jack Spearco playbook, but I mean, it makes sense that guys, been on for 14 years for a reason he knows what he's talking about so yeah the documentation road is the one i would go down truth is truth no matter where you find it and you're absolutely correct and i if you just said uh build a power outage bag i i think i would have disconnected <laughs> you from the live stream so <laughs> but no you know i seriously if you three of my four uh tom hit then letty then amy so i was thinking if brian gets my, anyway but yeah so for me guys like Something even, you know, in Nova Scotia, it was very, very common power outages, but in Alberta, it's still very, you know, semi-common. And yeah, like if you go around your home, you probably already have a lot of the stuff that you need for a power outage. And so just bring it all together. The only thing you might need is batteries because the ones in your drawer have been there for 10 years and they don't work anymore. But, you know, you probably have a flashlight. You probably have batteries. You probably have a power pack for your cell phone. And that is about, you know, that's, that's it. And then keep it somewhere, know how to use what's in there. Like mine is in my, my nightstand table. And because the worst time you're going to need a power outage or the worst time a power outage is going to hit you is going to be in the middle of the night and you want to be able to grab it and go. And I got my geeky little headlamp that I wear now, but you know, if you can scrounge up and make yourself a power outage bag or kit or whatever you want to call it with almost just what you have at home. So yeah, that's mine. I'm um, just going to touch real quick, guys, on a couple of comments we had. I missed a couple back here. There was a good one from Robin. Robin said, it's no coincidence that when needs arrive and arise in our lives, the prepping begins as a trickle and ends as a tidal wave. Once prepping starts, the course is set. <laughs> and I think that kind of describes all of us. It's like, hey, it started a little bit, little bit, little bit. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this shit makes sense. So let's keep at it, you know? But yeah. Um, and... Uh, Chris Dixon said, prep without panic. It's a hard thing for most regular folks to process. And for me, I think the prepping is what helps eliminate some of the panic as well. But uh, something I've been thinking about lately is I used to be really cool under pressure. You know, like when shit would happen, I could handle it. 
and I don't know if it's because I hit 40 or what the hell's wrong with me, but I'm just not as cool under pressure as I used to be. So one of my things this year is I want to expose myself to pressure situations so that I can be a little cooler under pressure, I guess. So yeah, the, the panic thing, right? We'll add Tom back. There's Tom. Sorry about that. Um, no, no worries. And uh, Nate says, store what you eat, eat what you store, then figure out how to produce your own protein long term. It doesn't get much simpler and more complicated than that, does it? <laughs> and Aaron says, just wrote down a list of everything in my pantry this week. Made it so much easier shopping today to make sure I didn't overbuy and actually buy what we need. Do any, any of you guys uh, do that kind of thing? Yeah, Letty, Letty saying yes. <laughs> once we got it, once we got it started, it it just became second nature. But yeah, at the beginning, you got to really kind of focus in, and then you get accustomed to what you need to buy every week because you have it figured out. And people are creatures of habit, and they eat the same thing every week. Yes, ask my kids. Absolutely, you know. The funny thing is, when you buy something that's not on your list, you know, like we had some term turnips. Well, they just went bad and I added them to my compost pile because we just don't eat those. And it's like, whoops. So having that list is always a good thing. Deviation is okay, but make sure you use it or you're going to compost it. And if anybody's listening live to our, our float stream dropped, Ken mentioned it, Brian mentioned it. I don't know if there's uh, been some issues recently, but my, my live stream on Sunday evening dropped at about this point too. So I don't know. Anyway, so if anybody is listening um, and want to let people over on float know, they can come over and visit us on the dark side at YouTube, you know? So, uh, so guys, how about, I mean, we talked about where to start. How about some low cost, no cost ways to get started? Because I guess the other big concern other than people saying, Hey, how do I start is everything costs a damn much money. So, um, what's free that you can prep or, you know, that kind of stuff. Let's, uh, which way did we go last time? Let's, I don't know. Let's start with Brian and work our way around the horn again. Um, I mean, starting there with the documentation again, that's that's pretty much free or maybe picking up a couple of jump drives for backups or um, or, you know, a couple notebooks to write things out to store in cars. Um, but to, to like Tim's point on his uh, his blackout kit or his power outage kit, um, flashlights are cheap. Headlamps are cheap. Um, little battery operated radios are cheap. Uh there's there's a ton of cheap stuff you can pick up that can make your life more comfortable in different situations that you might deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on. Uh, Amy? Water. <laughs> Store water. It's free. Comes out it's of the tap. Free. Comes mm -hmm. out of the tap. What would you store it in? We have these giant jugs and I don't know where they came from. They're black. I don't know if we got them from a camping supply store. I don't know if they're military. They just always existed in our house. So I don't know where they came from, but we fill those up and, and cycle through them and just make sure we got water on hand because there is nothing worse than waking up and finding out you have no power and you want to make your coffee and you don't have any water. It's the worst. You will never forget to store water again. Let me tell you. You guys are on a well, are you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. And I suppose cycle... I should explain that. Yeah. We're on a well, <laughs> so it doesn't work. <laughs> Do you guys cycle through your water? Yeah. Like uh, rotate it? Yep. How often in an ideal situation? Oh gosh. I would have not, to keep not track how often of that. Do it, so. but yeah, yeah. 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 Right on. How about you, Letty? Um, like if you're looking for something free, take a pen and paper and go room to room and just look and see what you've got. Make that list 
open up all your cabinets. What do I have in the pantry? Because then you can actually get numbers of what you have and you can see where you're, you're short, where are your holes? So I, and when I, I mean, like even that junk drawer going there, how many random batteries do people have just laying around in the junk drawers? You know, um, do they work? Maybe, maybe not, but you at least know that you have them or, oh, hey, I have no AAAs. Maybe I should pick some up. And then if finances are a huge thing, Aldi's, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, we live in Wisconsin, so we don't get tax on our food. So, I mean, we went to Aldi last week and I walked out and I was like, because I kept looking at the cart and I'm like, oh my God, how much money did we spend? And I looked at the receipt and I was like, oh, we did really good. <laughs> but I mean, Aldi, don't forget the dollar store, Dollar Tree, Dollar General. I mean, you can get a lot of stuff there for really cheap. And I know most people, a lot of people don't want to go in those stores because there's a stigma or whatever. But you're going to have to get over that if you really want to start getting into this lifestyle because none of us are keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> We are keeping up with ourselves, and that's it. What about Alex Jones? Sorry, I couldn't resist. Well, it's all right. I'm still here, and I'm still doing my thing. So, uh, yeah, uh, what would I do? Let's see. I, I think, like, the bug-out bags are real smart. I mean, stuff, these clothes you've got, uh, the, the flashlights you got with Brian, uh, the notebooks, uh, maybe even a map to, if you're, you know, planning routes home and such. But... Uh, you know, for, for even this winter weather travel, you know, boots and the gloves and the hats and the bibs and all that stuff, you need to have hand warmers, um, maybe some candy bars, you know, for snacking. I mean, just in case emergency happens, right? Oh, yeah, um, right. Yep. <laughs> they never make it very far. I don't know why. They just disappear. That's why I have this glorious figure. But anyway, um, something like that, I think, is pretty low cost. Stuff you've got already. It's just, it is a matter of organization and getting organized and that's julie's favorite thing you should see what she does with the label gun so it's, it's pretty amazing stuff but uh getting organized and and that is free and you've got all this stuff make it work for you absolutely so i'm gonna dip into my um handyman and repairedness end of things but the first one is label your damn electrical panel uh if you have an electrical panel like i know people are like well, that's not preparedness oh trust me it's preparedness <laughs> you know if you've got a fire in your kitchen and you need to turn off a breaker i mean yeah you can turn off your main but you know just just something simple like i took three four hours me you know we we've lived in this home for two and a half years and i just finally labeled my electrical panel like three four months ago so that's an easy win and it doesn't take too long and you can literally do it with, you know, if you've got one person standing upstairs yelling down, okay, power's off in this room and then you can label it, you know, that's one. And one that uh, has not been a priority for me for a lot of years, but the last two years is trying to get better is get healthy. I mean, you can get healthy for free, right? <laughs> Just eat less. It's actually cheaper. Kinda. Anyway, you know, keto's worked really well for us um, for the most part, but whatever works for you, do it. Uh, because that, you know, I always say uh, home maintenance is an overlooked area in preparedness. And I think personal health is one we don't really talk about a whole hell of a lot either. So um, there's that. And skills. Focus on skills. Skills are free, right? We all love the the sexy guns and gear and everything else. But if you don't know how to use it, then it's no good to you, right? So if you don't have, you know, if, if, if times are tough or money's tight, just spend time on YouTube and watch a video and learn how to make a fire in the backyard or learn how to whatever, learn how to side your house. That's what I did last summer, right? I, the siding wasn't cheap, but the skills were free to learn, right? So yeah, focus on skills, label your electrical panel, that kind of stuff. But yeah. 
those skills turn into side hustles too. I mean, you learn those skills and you're unemployed. Craigslist has a lot of cash jobs out there. Absolutely. And uh, start a, like you said, start a side hustle, right? That is absolutely, I mean, if there is one tenant to modern survivalism that I harp on all the time, it's start some sort of income generating business, whatever it is, because it's going to help you live outside the system just a little bit, right? And I've been able to make a lot of choices, a lot of decisions in these last two years that would have been taken out of my hands if I was working for someone else, you know, as far as where I go, who, I, you know, that kind of stuff. So just something to think about. And right. who doesn't right. like more money? Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian's got a real good video this week on his uh, seed starting uh, side hustle and we talked about it on our show and uh hey i got a i got a customer Woohoo! so uh we're gonna do it thanks brian that was it was spot on dude and it's something that i'm growing all this stuff anyway so why not sell some of it right that's all i ah tom you're awesome that's all i love it i love hearing people do this shit right this is great brian's awesome yeah everybody's awesome we got a good crew <laughs> so chef donna this is something else hey i said you know what did i say home maintenance and health here's another one that we don't always talk about chef donna at home says hey guys i find that having debt in control and being prepared is the softest pillow for sleeping easy amy what do you think about this quote yeah, because I, I just the reason I ask is because recently I remember I was listening to your podcast and you talked about, you know, some of the some of the challenges you guys had in the past and how you worked through them. And I know yes. none of us are perfect, but I just yeah, it really inspired me. It made me feel good to hear that story. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, if, if you've got issues with money, if you've got issues with debt, you're you're going to you're going to be in a tough spot. It's going to be harder to get ahead. So taking control of that area of your life, getting that organized and figured out and getting on the right path is is just going to put you so much further ahead you're not going to be working from behind and yeah you make make better decisions eh yeah sometimes yeah i you know becky and i struggled for a lot of years and you know we still struggle some but it it's definitely easier to make certain choices right just leave mm -hmm. it at that i guess tom did you nope well, hold on yeah she wrote a book about it <laughs> Why didn't you say it, Amy? She wrote a book about follow the money, or it's all about the money, unless it's not, or I forget the title, but she's got a book You're about it. Yeah, I need other heart. people to remind me that I have written books. You know, it it was so long ago, so long ago. Right, right. But yeah. she's got a money and I've got a budgeting uh, spreadsheet uh, on my email list. So, you know, if you get her book and then you use my little budget, budgeting budgeting spreadsheet, away you go. You're, you're halfway you go. home halfway home what's the name of your book amy it's not about money except when it is there you it's go about, it's about learning a different way to look at money and and how just things we need to talk nobody ever wants to talk about money you know it's an uncomfortable discussion and uh, it really digs into some stuff about money that you don't think about money so you can have some good conversations with your partner after you read that book so <laughs> awesome um uh nate Nate says, uh, prep for a communication blackout as well. Cell towers go down when power is out. A couple handheld radios go a long way. And uh, make sure you test those radios because I can attest that if you buy the 
you know, the ones at Costco that say they have a 13,400 mile range, you'll be lucky to get to the corner with them. So make sure you test this shit before you use it. And I would say the other thing, because since we're talking about ham radio, this is something that I was like, this is what I wanted for Christmas. I wanted to get into ham radio. I know nothing about ham radio, but I was like, what are we going to do with communication? You know, if it all goes down, like, what are we going to do? Um, and, and I think what I'm learning is it's super important to figure that stuff out before it goes down, because there's a lot of stuff to learn about the whole ham radio thing. Um, so you, you need to research this stuff and get into it before you actually need it. Kind of like the people that are going to grow a, a huge garden, you know, when everything, you know, goes to shit and they're just going to grow everything and they've never put anything in the ground ever before. They're just going to do it when they need to. So you, you got to learn how to do this stuff first. Then I'm just going to Tom Jones down there sold them the seeds. So they're going to be able to, uh, they're going to be able to grow their survival garden. It's all part of my plan. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Uh, here's another one too. Um, CR craft bartering traded your excess that anybody have any experience with bartering or, you know, that something that's worked. Oh, Amy's shaking her head. So it looks like she has a story. The coffee is kicking in now, you guys, that's what's <laughs> happening here. Uh, yeah, we, we raise most of our own meat here at our farm, but we don't have, we don't have cows and we have friends who raise beef. And so we get our beef from them. We get half a beef from them every other year and we raise them a pig every year. So that is awesome. That's how we get to have really good beef without having to put that animal on our farm. And so that has worked out really well. And there's been times, you know, we've, we've traded eggs for different stuff that people are doing that we don't want to do. And it's just, it's so nice to have those skills or those things um, that you are, you know, you have on your homestead and you can, you can use them to get the things you want. So it's good. Awesome. How about you, Brian? I sold all my excess. I mean, okay. I was I was open to barter for anything, but yeah, I uh, anything I started, I always started a little more than I needed, and uh, yeah, sell it off. I mean, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, next door, wherever, wherever the hell you can get it listed in front of people's eyes that want it, and it's going to sell because obviously somebody like I'm starting plants. Other people are starting plants. Other people need plants. It's just, it's nothing unique. I mean, you're just filling a void. But not everybody does it, my friend. Almost nobody does it, right? Right. Yeah. So fill that void. So damn simple. In the handyman business, uh, bartering is, you know, people are always like, hey, I said, what do you want? That? Like one time I had somebody ask me if I wanted to trade work for two used toilets. Uh, now I'm good. I don't need to use toilet, but I have in the past, you know, uh, traded work for a 24 foot uh, fiberglass extension ladder, you know, that kind of stuff. So if somebody has gear I need, and I still use that ladder, that ladder has made me a metric shit ton of money. So if somebody has something that I literally can use, uh, I used to bring home a lot of junk, but when you have a side hustle, yeah, go, for, you know, trade. Yes, Brian. Yeah, I guess I did. I did trade a lot of labor for materials. Like I did a lot of uh, pulling people's fences out for fence posts and fencing material and yes. and whatever. I just uh, throw that up on Craigslist that I'm willing to come out and work for uh, for the stuff you need taken out. Um, tin from barns, um, you know, deconstruction. Scrap metal. Anybody do scrap metal? Yeah. Or I did copper, of course, every time you haul plumbing out or batteries do really well for me too but yeah yeah absolutely 
Um, and Aaron Lamaster uh, says, traded elderberry syrup for elderberries. We harvested over the summer for some uh, homemade wine. Definitely a win for me. Anytime there's a homemade wine and elderberry syrup mixed in, that sounds pretty damn good. Okay, so we have talked about getting started, where to start, some easy preps, and then I actually, if you guys ever listened to, well, you probably don't, but there, there's a podcast up here called the Canadian Prepper Podcast, which since I'm the only Canadian, I'm probably the only one who listens to it. But they just recently did an episode on prepper burnout. And to me, it was, you know, that that's a real deal, right? It's something that happens. We get really excited. Uh, I'm really uh, guilty of that kind of thing. I get really excited on something and then I get bored with it, right? So how do you guys keep from getting discouraged when you're prepping? Let's start with Letty. So it's funny, my husband and I actually kind of talked about this over the weekend. Um, for us, it's not really the prepping prepping side of things. It's just like, especially with everything that's going on the last couple of years, we're just sick and tired of sitting here watching our preps, making sure we're as ready as we can be while waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's not dropping. Um, it's, you know, like we're making sure our finances in order. We, we bought the house several months ago, so we're trying to get this place in order. We're trying to make sure we've got just the basic needs for our, our family, but then we're also keeping an eye on the world and we're like, okay, well, the man, the vaccine mandate thing, you know, what's going to happen? Like what's SCOTUS going to decide on that? How is that going to affect us? because we're a single income household. Like I stay home all day. So if something like that happened, you know, and it was just like starting to just, everything just wears on you. <laughs> so we, we make sure that, that we take time either on a Saturday or Sunday night, we get little man down and then we're just going to watch some stupid movie. Like the last one that we watched, it was, um, it was a zombie movie and it was set in Vegas and it had, the guy who plays Drax from Army of the Dead. Yes. Yep. That was like the best worst movie I've seen in a long time. And you know, like we did, you just need stuff like that. So we make sure that, that we do something fun. We watch something just super stupid. That's going to like take our minds off of everything. And then like with something like that, we also overanalyze every single thing that they do. Like, why wouldn't they clear this room? Like, why didn't they sweep this, this, this hallway, you know, what type, like, how are they securing the perimeter like that? But it, it takes a lot of the pressure off of your chest. And then the next day you can just kind of go back to feeling normal. And when things start getting tight and tense again, Hey, we need another funny movie night. Let's do it. Hmm. Yep. I love it. Yeah. And army that it wasn't too bad. Was it <laughs> right on? Yeah. Yeah. No. And yeah, I like that. That just get your focus off things. Right. How about you, Tom? What do you think? Oh, Tom hit the wrong I'm button. I'm here. I'm here. I hit the wrong, hit the yeah, wrong button. Um, well, I guess my answer would be we moved. <laughs> so we've been moving the whole time. And our last move, um, well, before the farm was to an apartment. So we pretty much, we couldn't, it's really hard to store everything. So we got rid of everything. And that was crazy. So now we're rebuilding. Ask me in a couple of years. Um, but I would say, yeah, advent some small adventure, go on a little trip. Um, you know, get out of get out of your headspace for a little bit or even go outside. Um, but yeah, 
frankly, we moved and sold a lot of stuff or got rid of a lot of stuff or gave it away. So um, this is kind of, this is going to be a new world because we're going to be here for a long time. We're into the long game now. So this will be, this will be interesting. Plus having everybody around here, it's kind of fun because you can compare notes and blow off steam a little bit and like talking with Amy and we talk a little bit once in a while and, and uh, it's kind of nice to compare notes and, and it's kind of a reassurance that community reassures you you're okay. You're, we're all walking together or flying together, so to speak. So that helps. Awesome. Right on. Uh, Brian, let's pick you next. Um, well, I guess a few years ago, my answer would have been different than now. A few years ago, I was just kind of, uh, you know, for actually probably five years, I really just haven't given a shit about what's going on in the world because I kind of set myself up to be able to not give a shit. Um, if stuff went sideways, I had three freezers full of chicken and two freezers full of rabbit and quail and a garden that I was in growing or a vertical hydroponic garden in my kitchen. Um, I just, you know, I wasn't worried as long as I could come up with the mortgage and they weren't going to come and take my house, I was going to be fine. Um, so I really just didn't worry about anything. And it was a rolling cycle, um, making sure I had enough feed for a month in case I lost my job and had to figure out how to buy feed for my animals. But I didn't need to worry about buying feed for myself. So that was that was really reassuring when we decided to kind of cut bait and run from the homestead, everything kind of changed, um, really started having to determine size, space, weight, um, what we could take with us because we were going to put everything we owned in a truck and a camper and have to be underweight to go down the road. So, you know, there's no shelves and shelves and shelves of stored food and grains and, and all that stuff. Um, we got strategic and kind of moved to a, uh, a lot of tuna and kipper snacks and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and, but then moving towards the, <laughs> uh, moving towards, uh, more building my networks. Um, I have a shitload of skills, hard skills, um, on the homestead, off the homestead and just building that network so that if shit goes sideways, I can find and procure the things I need using the hard skills I have. So those don't take up any space than the stuff in between my head that's already there. So, um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm heading towards for a while right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I love that. The, the skills don't take up any space, I guess. That's a pretty cool uh, exercise for you guys, just figuring out what you can pare down and still be, you know, preparedness minded, but kind of know where you can lean and where you can head from there. So how about you, Amy? I would say, uh, when I hear most people get discouraged in their in their prepping it's usually because they want to go at it really hard and get all the things right away and it's usually because they're getting into it because of fear and now we have to we have to fill our basement with all the things and they're looking at their pocketbook and they're like i can't do this all at once you know and i think sometimes it's important to remember that that prepping or being a prepper it's it's a long game it's not something that you're gonna just all of a sudden have all the things. And um, a, a listener of mine on my podcast actually said today how 
once you start prepping for one thing, you realize that prepping for one thing leads you to prep for something else. You know, like they had gotten a generator and now they realize in order to run that generator because it runs off their tractor, now they have to store diesel so they can run the tractor, you know. And so it was just this big process of, you know, and sometimes you can get discouraged with that because once you get into it, there's so much, you know, like where do you stop? You know, like how do you know when you're going overboard? And so um, I, I think just that keeping in mind it's it's a long game and it's something you're always going to do. You know, I mean, hopefully that you're always going to do it. And and sometimes you're going to be ahead and sometimes sometimes you're going to be ahead a lot. And sometimes you're just going to barely be ahead, you know, and like trying to get your preps going up again. Like I was just sick for a while and it was really nice to be prepped up and not have to worry about feed or dog food or, you know, because like we had the stuff. But if I was sick for a while and then we would have had bad weather and then we, you know, like your your preps, they start to dwindle and you start digging into everything and and. um you know, so it's a long game. You're ahead, you're behind, you're, you know, <laughs> it's not a contest. We're, we're not doomsday preppers. We're not like, you know, it's not a hashtag. It's not like a buzzword. It's, it's like actual life. So, yeah. Cool. Um, you know, for me, my, my dad always said that a change is as good as a rest. And I always find when I'm starting to get burnout, whether it's at a job, I bet you Brian agrees with me here, but whether it's at a job, whether you're bored, it's time to learn something new. And for me, I always thought there was something wrong with me because I would get really, really focused on one skill, one hobby. I would spend way too much money, way too much time getting into it and then drop it like a bad habit. But I realized for me, that's just kind of the way I process things. And so in prepping, if I start getting burnout in an area, I, whatever it happens to be, you know, like for instance, I've been working on solar for a while. And for me, I try to make sure that the energy I put into something sets up, starts a system that will keep generating something for me after I get bored with it, you know? So I learned the whole solar system and now I have power for my shed, for my garage, right? Whereas before, you know, sometimes I would get into something, I might learn it a little bit and then I'd throw it off to the side. But so if, if you're getting, if you're focused on one thing too much, whether it's food storage, fuel storage, a certain ham radio, for instance, and you're just getting frustrated, try changing things up, go and try a different skill, you know, maybe try bushcrafting or learning how to start fires or building furniture from scratch or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Right. But for me, a change is as good as a rest. And a lot of times that's all it takes for me to, you know, I'm not tired. I'm just burnout. Right. So try something different. But uh, Chris Dixon, uh, my fellow Flatlander, he says, we found that the first step to prepping was to rid ourselves of the clutter uh, for useful things. And that also helped us, uh, helped to purchase the preps. I do that a lot with my shop, you know, sell old tools that I don't use so that I can buy more useful stuff. Uh, anybody have a story like that where they got rid of some clutter and turned it into something uh, maybe more useful? Brian, what's up? I mean, I'm selling seven years worth of homesteading stuff and moving into a 32 foot camper. So yeah, I'm getting rid of a little bit of shit. <laughs> I mean, a ton. And yeah, all that, uh, all those sales are going right into the camper. I mean, we had to obviously put pony up quite a bit of cash to throw that solar system and all that stuff we did into the camper and purchase the camper. So yeah, all the sales of all the homestead stuff is kind of going back into 
getting rid of that debt that we occur incurred, but that was kind of a planned uh, flip it over when we sell the homestead. So it's just in the process, but yeah, we're selling off. I mean, tools we had, we had, I usually have one person come for something that I have up on Facebook or Craigslist. And I'm like, yeah, I got a whole bunch of shit down in the barn. If you want to take a look and they're like, okay, let's go for a walk. And can I come back tomorrow with some more money? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on back. Everything's cheap. Let's go. So Absolutely. yeah, getting rid of a bunch of stuff that, I mean, it was useful, but we don't have any place for it now. And I'm really realizing in the, in the whole process of what I actually need. Um, when I start again, what I really actually need, not what was kind of fun and cool to have. Get rid of some playthings and some toys and that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. One other thing I was thinking about too was um, some easy wins, you know, uh, whether like just something simple. Cause a lot of times, like Amy said, you know, it's a long game and we get focused on the big picture or so many things like, Oh, I need to have an underground bunker with uh, you know, air infiltration or uh, air filtration and self-contained water system, you know, and how about instead, how about organize your pantry or how about clean out your freezer? Uh, you know that I know that's crazy, but my wife and I twice a year, we clean out our freezer and most give most of the stuff to the kids, but you know, focus on easy wins, something you can do in an afternoon that's going to, I don't know. I find when I do something and I complete something, it gives me more motivation to get off my duff and keep going. I see a lot of head shaking. So everybody okay. seems to agree. Yeah. Sorry, lady, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's that snowball effect. So we, we did the whole Dave Ramsey financial piece thing uh, before we even got married. And that's how we've been attacking our debt. You know, we're on that last sprint now. But with the prepping, you know, if you have nothing in your pantry that we have that week, well, next time we go to the store, get enough for two weeks. Hmm. And then you just slowly keep adding up. And then once you hit that month, do something to celebrate. Once you get that two months, three months, whatever it is, whatever your goals are going to be, celebrate a little bit. Because as, as you keep hitting that, it's it's going to get that momentum. And you're going to keep on pushing forward and keep on chugging along. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got here, Nate, uh, he says, keep it slow, master one thing, move on to the next. We started with a garden, expanded that, mastered chickens, then moved on to rabbits. Start small, don't rush it, or you will fail. Then add fun things. Yeah, some, sometimes I get like, oh, look, there's a squirrel. And then I get kind of distracted, right? But but yes, that is absolutely, in, in theory, that works really great. And for some people, that's the way to go. Uh, you know, I, I tend to jump around a little bit, but yes, master one thing, move on to the next. And yeah. Yes, Tom. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, this is the power of Nicole, Nicole sauce from living free in Tennessee for my three things where I think we're all list people, right? We're making long lists of all the to do's and all the things we have to sell. Like Brian, he's trying to sell a whole house full of stuff. And then it can just be like a tidal wave and overwhelming. But if you break it down into three, three pieces, right? Three things per day. And then maybe a couple bonus ones or stretch goals. And, you know, you get one of those done or two of those done. You're like, Ooh, we had a pretty darn good day, you know, depending on what the thing is. Now, if you're working on a 1900s farmhouse, you start doing one thing and suddenly you have five other things because the wall isn't straight and it's all janky. So yeah, um, it's, it's breaking into small pieces. It's how we eat an elephant. Absolutely. I took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> 
how do you yeah same same old thing right but yeah yeah um so i guess we've been geez we're just about an hour aren't we guys um why don't we open it up if anybody in the audience we've had a we had a lively chat here. It took a little while to get going, but there's been a lot. We got a lot of good people in here tonight. But does anybody, anybody have any suggestions, tips, or, you know, questions regarding prepping? Um, and one other thing I was going to mention too about how not to get discouraged. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but is focus on what you can control and it, leave the rest alone. You know, like every time I go on my phone, there's what, you know, I always go to, news.google.com. I don't know why it's just been for, you know, 15 years now. That's where I go. And then I go down the rabbit hole and I watch the the latest government policy and I'm like, and then my blood pressure goes up and then Becky has to listen to me bitch about something. And then all of a sudden I've just spent the last what 45 minutes worrying about something that is so far outside of my control that there's literally no reason I should have done it. And if I just went somewhere else instead, you know, if I had just, you know, logged into float or threw my phone aside and went and actually did something in real life for a change, uh, you know, it would have been so much better. But, you know, I'm sure everybody else feels this way, too. Like we're we're not we're not preaching at people. We're talking about the areas that we need to get better at, too. Right. And like every time I tell people like, oh, yeah, just just focus on what you can. I'm, I'm talking to myself, too, because it's so easy to just get, you know. Becky will send me a text and she's like, did you see what the government, you know, the latest restriction on this or that? And then, then it just goes right. And then you just spend an hour, two hours in a bad headspace focused on something you can't control instead of being, you know, focusing on shit you can get done, you know, ways to make money, ways to be more independent, ways to be more free. Right. Uh, Chris says how to deal with, oh, this is good. If anybody nod your head or raise a hand or anything, but how to deal with resistance within your household to get everyone on board, kids, spouse, etc. We all sound like we're pretty lucky with our significant others, but does anybody have any suggestions? <laughs> yes, lady, go ahead. So I spent most of the past year, almost year and a half living with my parents and one moment, little man, and they think I'm they think I'm nuts. They absolutely think I'm nuts. Um, one moment, okay. We're, I'm almost done. Sorry, got a little guy who's a little getting a little anxious with me. Um, and all I can say is, don't cram it down their throat. Don't say you have to do this. You have to do that. You gotta. This is. Like, try to explain it to them rationally and sanely as to why you're doing it. Hold on. Come here, big guys. Um, <laughs> okay, down you go. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's, there's not much that you can do to completely change somebody's mind until something happens that you're ready to, that you're ready for. And I think the easiest thing, have that go bag ready to go because the most common emergency you're going to need is that medical emergency. And if you have a couple things for you and your, your spouse or your kids or whatever in that bag, and you got to go, you're going to like blow minds because you'll be like, okay, we're at the hospital for the next three days. I've got this stuff. I've got change of clothes for everybody. Let's do this. Set a good example then, right? That's awesome. Anybody else? I mean, I don't, we don't have a problem 
inside the household, but um, as far as extended family outside the household, um, just don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, we get weird comments and weird looks sometimes, uh, just the way we live and, and whatnot. And just you do you. Um, like Letty said, with a go bag, you have a family emergency and you and your spouse show up to the hospital and you're stacked to the gills with stuff and you're you're comfortable and your family's looking at you, all of a sudden they're going to realize, hey, maybe these guys know what the hell they're talking about. Or in the middle of COVID when the grocery stores are empty and they're calling and bitching about not being able to find food and you're like, well, what? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I haven't been to the store in six months, but is it empty? All of a sudden they're like, hey, maybe they know what the hell they're doing. So, I mean, just stay your course. It's, it's really nice when everyone in the household's on board, um, but it does get a little frustrating when the external family members and friends kind of look at you a little funny. Um, just stay the course, do your thing, and and you'll show. I mean, it's not a I'll show you type of, and it's not that attitude, but, but when you're comfortable and they're not, they'll really realize that you knew what you're doing. Amen to that, brother. For sure. Yes, Tom. <laughs> All right. So am I going to be the voice of reality here? Jules thought I was shit-ass crazy. I mean, tinfoil hat wearing, weird-ass dude. Thought the world was going to come to an end. Come on. They all had to look at you guys a little bit like, oh, really? Really, honey? Really? And I think part of that is going going hard on something so fast and talking about all these things and focusing on that thing. Then they kind of think you're just kind of crazy. And, and then you got a few things in place and shutdown happens and food shelves are empty. I'm like, hey, look at Virginia. Look at Texas. Look at Colorado. I've got friends sending me pictures of empty shelves. I went to six different stores and I can't find any rubbing alcohol or I can't find any toilet paper or bottled water. They're all out at Aldi and I went to five and they're all out. And uh, and suddenly the wheel starts to turn. Then we have civil unrest and it's like, oh, wow, you were right about some things. And then government shutdown that went nowhere. Oh, you're right more about some things. And we have government shutdowns all the time. So you got to be ready for that if you're, you're going to be in that space. So, you know... <clears throat> experience begins to that the, your partner is suddenly going to start to see through experience and through life hmm, maybe this stuff isn't all maybe it isn't all crazy maybe it isn't theoretical and we've had a lot of stuff happen in the past couple of years where theoretical became reality and people had to make some decisions and have some cash on hand have some stuff in the pantry have some stuff in the freezer or and have some toilet paper or things are going to get really uncomfortable really fast if you can't get somebody into prepping right now, I mean, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it's that simple with the last three years of COVID. If, I mean, if you can't talk them into prepping, you don't know what you're talking about, or they're so brainwashed, they think everything's going to be taken care of for them, which it isn't. So either way, it's a wash and you shouldn't waste your breath beyond what you're just, what you have to say. Right, right. With your partner, you have to bring them along slowly and too much too fast can make them get deer in the headlights look and uh, scare them away and then think you're going to be sleeping in the doghouse for a while or the barn with the mice. Yeah, I didn't I didn't ever have that issue. So I, I, I can't speak to it. I just talking about I don't know, outside influences. But for us, it was, you know, uh, family members, extended family. They're always like, ah, 
Tim's prepping for the zombies. You know, that was always her, you know, what, no big deal. But, you know, when when COVID hit uh, and people couldn't find hand sanitizer all across the country, you know, hey, Tim, do you, could you send me some N95 masks? And like, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just, you know, they're like, ah, I know where I can get it, you know, and in toilet paper, there was family that couldn't get toilet paper. But this is a lighter story that everybody should hopefully appreciate. But I called mom and dad. Of course, they would never call me and say they couldn't find any. But I called mom and dad and I said, hey, do you need masks? Do you need hand sanitizer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, dad's got health problems and he has to go to the store all the time, whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, Tim, I, I probably could. So I sent him out a care package and um, I sent him, uh, it was hand sanitizer. I sent him N95 masks and we just bought some honey from a local producer. And you guys know when honey sits, it kind of sometimes like it gets white or whatever. Right. And so, so I called my dad a few days after the package showed up and I asked him, I said, well, did you get everything? And he said, yeah. He said, but that hand sanitizer was awfully sticky and <laughs> he'd never seen solid honey before. It was in a Mason jar. It was unlabeled and he got it out and he put it all over his hands. So I love my dad to death. He is just an awesome man, but it was the funniest. I, I laughed all day long. So I, I hope someone else out there appreciates that story because that was, yeah, it was, he, he's a, he's a special kind of cool dude. Uh, Aaron says, I definitely side-eyed hubby a few times in the beginning. Took me a little bit to get on board for some things, but it's all, uh, but it's all been for the best in the end. And yeah, Absolutely. Uh, Robin says, all it takes is for a naysayer to see a prepared household roll through a crisis with minimal stress. Nothing beats a strong example. And that is true because I know I've said it before, but fear, fear is a great short-term motivator, but it is a shitty long-term motivator. And, but, you know, being prepared and staying away from that fear is, is a great thing. And, and I think that's where it comes in. You know, people, people see a good example and they're like, well, you know what? if something bad happens, maybe I will, you know, maybe I'll be okay. All I got to do is follow their example or do a little bit. Right. And you know what? And the other thing is most people are never going to change their mind and that's okay. Like Brian said, just ignore them or just live your life. Right. Because if we, if we worried about every single person that isn't prepared, well, I don't know what we would do. Right. We would try, but there's going to be a lot of people who just aren't gonna, aren't going to ever get with the program. Right. Uh, and uh, Nate says, Aaron, I think the exact phrase was, I don't think I could eat a rabbit that looks so cute. <laughs> How about that, guys? Is anybody? Uh, They're I, delicious. Know, yeah. When Aaron cooks I, really good rabbit, <laughs> it's really good the way that she cooks it now. <laughs> so here's, here's something. How about a certain, like, you know, maybe your spouse or whatever is is on board with prepping, but was there ever say a certain area of prepping or certain livestock that maybe you had to sell them on. I'm just thinking of chickens, for instance, when they said rabbits, because when Becky and I met, she was, you know, she was into preparedness. She, she knew what it meant to have very little, but she would not ever think about killing an animal. Uh, you know, but this is the same lady who went uh, rabbit hunting with me years later, right? With the, the 12 gauge. And she's like, Oh, I got one, you know, and, but that didn't happen overnight. Right. So, Anybody else ever have to sell their uh, significant other? Yes. Yeah, Brian. I mean, we, I didn't really need to sell her on it. She understood the whole process that, you know, you raise the animal and then you have to kill it to end up eating it. I mean, she, she grasps that whole concept, but she wasn't down for uh, the deed, I guess you would say at the end. Um, chickens, 
turkeys uh she kind of it wasn't too hard to sell the rabbits um that was a tough one but we figured that out and i took care of uh start a life the whole breeding thing and because she didn't like to handle the bucks and uh yeah because they got kind of mean and shit and then i handled end of life so she took care of them on a day-to-day basis i didn't get you know in love with the little baby bunnies and all that stuff and then i took care of the end of life and that's how we did that and then once they were skinned and uh gutted she really it didn't really look like the little thing she was taking care of so it was you know all over at that point compromise eh go ahead tom i think it's all how you prepare something uh jules was uh she didn't like venison because my i love my brother to death but it, when he makes venison it tastes like shoe leather right and you got to cook it in a different way it's kind of like grass grass-fed beef you got to cook it in a different way you can't overcook it or it does t- turn really hard or or fish right i mean if you have fish and you freeze it then it's going to have that fishy taste but a fresh fish like a fresh salmon mm, awesome good stuff haven't gotten her to mushrooms yet i'm you know that's that's coming i imagine but uh yeah rabbits she's like no i could never we couldn't eat those they're so they're so cute Uh, so but she's all on board with chicken so you know we'll we'll pick our battles and work down the line i've never tried mushrooms either i hear that you get quite a trip out of them but uh you know sorry (laughs) sorry i couldn't resist but yeah my uncle one my uncle one time uh cooked his wife my aunt uh, just the most wonderful roast. And he asked her like, what did you think of the roast? And she said, it was the best one I ever had. He said, well, it was porcupine. So uh, she wasn't real impressed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ken says, what if the non-prepping spouse does 90% of the shopping? Anybody have any suggestions on that? I mean, I think we got later in the season or later in the episodes here, we already have something on about strong relationships and, uh, yeah, sorry about the squeaking. That's the dog over there. Um, but uh, strong relationships and communication. And I mean, talk to your partner, man. Like if this is something that's important to you, you got to be on the same page. Um, you know, I I went through a, a long, weird relationship a long time ago that, uh, you know, wasn't meant to be. And so I've done it wrong. I know how to do it wrong. Right now I'm doing it right. We were like, on the same page from day one and it was just open and honest from day one it was you know this is what i think if you don't like it then we need to go our separate ways because i need to be with someone that is thinking similar to me so i don't think i've ever come into these these decisions where one person's thinking one thing and one other person's thinking something else that we couldn't just hash out because we do think so similarly and we talk about everything every day and it you know, it just works. So, um, yeah, just talk to your spouse and explain to them what you're thinking and have some respect for each other and just figure it out. One moment, kiddo. Um, I, I think like this is where the shopping list comes in handy, you know, make sure that the two of you are sitting down to make that shopping list. And if, you're, you're just getting started and you know, say, Hey, why don't we get four of the condensed chicken noodle soup or get two of that box of macaroni pasta or whatever it is that you're going to get. And if that, that other, your partner's like, well, why? 
oh, the next time we're not to buy it, you know, like we, we have it. So when we want to have, when we want to eat that, we have it ready to go. And if you just kind of start slowly that way, you know, just have them start getting used to buying two or even three of whatever it is, what it's occasionally needed, then they'll slowly start to see, oh, well, I want to make this today, but I have everything that I need instead of having to actually run out to the store when it's going to be a high of three degrees. Thanks, Tim, for the cold Canadian front coming down tomorrow. <laughs> but and it'll just slowly get you get you into it. I, I you know, for me, I, I guess it depends. Like if, if it's a, a be all and end all, like because, you know, maybe making a change in your life is not the answer. Right. You know what I mean? I, it is what it is like. And, and, and don't, you know, don't maybe don't pick that hill to die on. But if the food thing, you know, if, if that's what your wife does and there's no uh, what talking sense into her or talking to her about that, then focus on the things you can or compromise like hey hun um i know this is what you this is how you want to do it but i'd like to buy an extra case of you know campbell's chicken noodle soup and i'm going to trade for it or i'm going to go out and i'm going to do two extra hours in my side hustle so that i can buy that or frame it like you know this don't frame it as prepping frame it as taking care of your family just um yeah just frame it as looking after the family or framing it as being, uh, you know, considerate for the family, right? It, it's not crazy prepping. It's, it's just this, but if that is her thing and that's what she takes care of, then, you know, and if, if that's, if that's a hill that you guys are, you know, that's going to be a point of contention between you focus on everything else or, or do what you can do. Or, um, I was thinking of, you guys ever read the 299 days books, Glenn Tate, I want to, I'm pretty sure that he, he ended up buying a whole bunch of stuff in secret. So I wouldn't necessarily say that, but sometimes maybe that's what you have to do. You know, I don't mean it. And I'm, I don't, obviously Brian's advice about, you know, talking and being open about it, but if it's absolutely something, then find a way to make it work, whether it's through compromise or, you know, getting a couple extra hours into a side hustle that you can turn into you know, a bunch of bulk food from the local what, Amish scratch and dent store or whatever it happens to be, you know, that kind of thing. Just, just my thoughts anyway. I mean, go ahead and hide that shit, Tim, just shove it in the back of the garage. If that's how it's gotta be. As, I mean, he bought a cabin, right? Uh, sorry, Tom, go ahead, man. Uh, well, um, in the first book, he actually rented, he took his expense money and he, he rented a storage locker this was bad planning in a bad part of town. He got a cheap storage locker and was storing up all the stuff. So when stuff went down, he had to go, his character had to go there and uh, get that material out, which is risky. So don't do that. But uh, yeah, back of the garage is always good. Now what we did, this is the power of the community, right? So Jules is still a little bit on the fence, but our friends who had been down near us, we were with when we bought the farm, they need to get a bunch of stuff. So Jules and her fr best friend, they were all in, had a girl's day. They went to, I don't know, Eau Claire and bought out the whole town. They came back with stuff pouring out of the car. But they had a lot of fun, and they did it together, and they shared the Costco membership and the Sam's membership, and they just did it. And uh, and that's the way it worked, and, and it really set us bo both households up for success. And they had a good time at it. And then we were like, holy smokes, we got to unload all this and store it somewhere. Hence the pantry. So there you go. Can you offer to do the shopping for the non-prepping spouse? I mean, 
Why does it. it have to be the nine prepping spouse that continues to do the shopping and be like, hey, how about we try this? I'm going to go do the shopping or why don't we do the shopping together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when stuff was was suddenly vacant in all the, the Minneapolis and St. Paul stores, I was doing work out in the uh, up in Pine City, way out, you know, hour out, hour and a half out from the Twin Cities and stuff was still there. And it was like gold mine, baby. And I just bought stuff. That was a real good way to go. Thinking outside the box, you know, we, we needed N95 masks and everybody was like, I can't find them anywhere. Local farm supply shop. They had them by the boatloads. You know, it was that kind of thing. Um, we wanted to make hand sanitizer. So off to the liquor store, I went and bought a bunch of Everclear and I managed to find some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, that, the, the gel that you put, uh, skin gel or whatever that you could add as an additive. I found it online at a, a discount, uh, pharmacy, you know, so yeah, think outside the box, right? It, it works. I thought you were going to say you found some in your glass. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, uh, chicken Hawk. Hey, we got Chicken Hawk on here. We've had Ken tonight and Chicken Hawk. He said Kroger 10 for 10 sale. I had to get 10, LOL. We've got a co-op up here uh, in Canada. Of course, our sales are never quite as good, but they they do the, the 10 for some things, you know, but our, our dollar's worth like 15 cents American or whatever it happens to be. But yes, just, yeah, do your best when things are on sale. I mean, Becky and I, it, it, we went through the grocery store not too long ago and the lady said, well, do you guys cater? We're like, no, this is just how we buy things. You know, we, I had six, two pound things of coffee. We had like three flats of soup. Uh, I can't remember everything it was, but it was like, we really just went and bought like seven items in bulk. And this lady's like, you must run a catering business. I'm like, no, this is how we buy groceries because we only buy things. Shouldn't say only, but for the most part, we buy when things are on sale and we buy, you know, a metric shit ton of them. It's the way to do it. So what do you guys think? Any any other tips or tricks or anything in the, the realm of prepping? Um, as the mother of a young child, as you can uh, plainly see, do not forget your children. Make sure that you have stuff, just a couple things on hand for them. Um, get ready for growing children because they grow super fast when they're little. And it's you can get decent clothes for cheap, especially if you go through like Facebook marketplace and the resale stores. So make sure you have some surprises that you kind of hide in the closet or the basement or something. So if something is to happen, you can just quickly pull it out and give it to the kid because it's new. So it'll distract them for a little bit and it'll help them stay happy. And it's one less thing for you to worry about when you're starting to panic a little bit. <laughs> We're, uh, I, I, I preach on like clearance, buying things at the end of the season all the time. And a few years ago, winter boots, we went into Walmart and they had winter boots on for like a dollar a pair. They were like 30, $40 boots. And we bought every, like, I think the girls have finally outgrown, but we, we bought enough for the next five years for our girls. And we do that all the time. Uh, we were in the other day and they had, was it summer shirts? Whatever it was. Anyway, the shirts were on for a dollar. Becky bought like 30 of them to have at the daycare because when kids, you know, come to school and they don't always have what they need, but uh, clearance, right. I, I, a little bit different, but I just went and bought 75% off white led Christmas lights. 
because they are great in a power emergency, you know, power outage and they're low wattage and you can use them year round and why not buy them 75% off? But yes, we cannot. I, I always used to joke with Becky that she had a radar for clearance because when we'd go into Walmart and she'd see a clearance rack, I'd start making a beeping noise like a backup alarm on a truck and she'd get so mad. But that's what I do now too. I'm like, honey, we got to go around the clearance rack and I can't go to a big box store without hitting a clearance rack. And it's a good way to stretch your money, right? Yeah, Brian. So along the lines of what Letty was saying with young kids, um, don't forget your pets. Don't forget your livestock. Um, it, it really changes once you have other things relying on you like kids, um, or animals. Uh, so make sure you got some food for them or know where to get it or know how to make it from whatever you can trap or forage or hunt for, um, some basic medical supplies for them, find the, the injuries that are most common, um, some supplies to take care of some first aid for whatever livestock you have or whatever pets you have. Um, don't forget about them because it's miserable to have to try to care for a, a a bad a hurt animal or um suffering animal in an emergency yeah just plain old first aid and I, I all i can say brian is i would not want to have uh the food bill for baby walter and his uh siblings because <laughs> i can imagine that your guys eat more in a day than my four chihuahuas would eat in a month i'm just guessing but uh yeah we we roll through it pretty quick i think uh was that like 30, 40 pound bag in a couple days? We, we feed our dogs rotisserie chicken from Walmart because they eat <laughs> so little that it's as cheap as anything. And they, that's all they'll eat. So whatever. Oh yeah. We give them a, you know, Corey's like the, she babies the shit out of them. So they get, uh, they split one can of wet food once a day on their dry food. So that's dinner time. And, uh, yeah, so. Dry food and wet food. I'm kind just, of picture. I'm kind of picturing Christmas vacation where cousin Eddie is going with Clark, and he's just grabbing bag upon bag of dog food and just piling it up on this this uh, cart. That's not. He's gonna eat good. You know, it's like oh. <laughs> he's just nosing through the trash. Yeah, we buy it 120 to 200 pounds at a time just to save trips to the feed store. Do you have a plan for when you're on the road or do you, what do you like? Yeah. I mean, I know that's a whole different, you know, scenario story, but what would you, what would you do long-term if you either couldn't get food or if it was getting slim pickings, you know? Um, they'll eat raw. I mean, they're carnivores. They raised in the woods. I mean, I know how to hunt and fish. I mean, it's the same kind of scenarios. If I can't get food, I can feed them the same thing I'm going to be eating myself. So it's just, I got to make more of it. So that's if we couldn't get food for some reason, we've kind of adapted to and really figured out what is the best food we can feed them that we can find pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, I'm not going specialty local made since we're going to be traveling everywhere. We've kind of standardized on some some pretty universal stuff. And then, yeah, if the supply chain breaks down and we can't get any food, I mean, if I have to feed them like, you know, dollar store dog chow or whatever it is i'll do it but if you know everything breaks down yeah i'll just feed them what i'm eating very cool i, I never really thought about that but that that's cool i like that just even something as simple as standardizing on 
you know, a, a generic food or at least something that's probably available in, you know, every big box store across the country, right? Yep. That's cool. Uh, I don't know if we're coming up on an hour and a half. So it, does anybody, if we got anything else out in the audience there for questions? If not, I don't suppose we want it to go super, super long, right, guys? I don't know where we're, we're at, but I think we're shooting for about an hour and a half an episode, Rory, Brian. Oh, sorry. I really cut him off guard there. So. No, I think that'll work. <laughs> yeah, right on. Cool. All right, guys. So, well, let's. So yeah. if oh. we're uh, if we're in the audience and we're fire starters, we can throw little fire bombs into the uh, into the panel. I think I saw Ken in and in uh, our other fire starter there in the in the audience. So you can be a little devious and throw a little hardball question, huh? Well, uh, we'll all have to start drinking fireball or uh, fire cider, <laughs> right? That's right. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so question for everybody since i've never had fire cider is, is it alcohol free yeah because amy keeps talking about it and i seen somebody post the picture and i looked at the ingredients i'm like that's not something i'd drink but anyway is it good it's very spicy so is it like buckley's it tastes awful but it works i don't know what buckley's is oh do you guys not have buckley's in the states uh -oh. i used to use wild turkey okay <laughs> Buckley's is the worst tasting cough syrup in the world. Oh, when I, when I first met Becky, she gave me some and I like we were just dating and I, I looked at her and I thought she'd give me battery acid like it is that bad. So, <clears throat> yeah, sorry. That was a Canadian thing. Hey, you know, no, I, I actually it. like the taste of fire cider. It's um, I mean, it's apple cider vinegar and jalapenos and onion and honey. And it's just a bunch of stuff. <laughs> He's like, oh, I will do it. I like the taste of it. Uh, my kids like the taste of it. My husband will not touch it. So, um, but I like it. It, it. If you can stomach it, it will kill what ails you. Might but kill you yeah, too. You, you have to be able to stomach it. So, yeah. Ah, I'll try anything once. I just can't right? promise I'll try it twice. Yeah. That's all. So. I got to stop by your place when I'm driving by someday and try some of that. I just stick with whiskey. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm here for the cider. I'm here for the cider. <laughs> I'm here for the stuff. Get out! Stuff. I'm here for cider. Get out of my way! Have some cider time. <laughs> I'll be back. With Alex Jones, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Here we are. A thousand voices, baby. We're just getting started. I, that's okay. I appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> what your daddy and what does he do? All right. Well, let's let's close her down, guys. I guess this was awesome. I, this was so much fun. I love it. I, this is uh, I, I want to say the highlight of my week, but it's just so I, I love it. Like I, I don't I don't know if I mentioned this before uh, to anybody in the audience, but when we had our first test, it was really the first time a lot of us had even spoken live together. Like we all knew of each other online, and it was cool. But to you know to actually have faces to interact with and voices and actually be able to talk, it was like, hey, my my imaginary internet friends are actually real people. So this was really cool. So thanks guys. This was a great episode. I, I enjoyed it. Um, so if you guys, yeah, first off, don't forget next week we have episode number three. See, I got the, the, the order right in the numbers because we're so low. I can't forget them. Uh, it is going to be, the title is help. I have too many side hustles. What do I do? And it's going to be hosted by Ken and it's 7 PM central time Tuesday. I have to remember that central time because I always do mine in mountain time, but it's going to be awesome. So guys, um, real quick, go around the horn. What do you got coming up, Brian? And where can people find you? 
Uh, okay. I'm Brian. You can find me at thelotsproject.com. There is links to everything I have going on. Um, actually, I got a drawing going on. Uh, Sign-ups are in process before February 1st. Uh, you can get one pound of Food Forest Farms uh, P your FTO Blonde Espresso. Uh, just sign up for my newsletter at thelotsproject.com. If you go under connect, it's a newsletter sign up. Get on that list and you are in the drawing. And uh, Saturday, I think I got the guy next to me uh, on my premiere episode of Coffee with Brian, 11 a.m. on <laughs> YouTube, Float, Odyssey. And uh, yeah, it should be fun chatting with Tim. That'll be fun. How about you, Amy? Uh, you can find me at a farmerskindoflife.com. Anything you need to know about me. It's it's there. I was hoping I would, was going to have a link for my snail mail newsletter subscription today, but I don't. So maybe next week. It's coming. It's coming. Is that going to ship internationally too? It will. Yes. Yeah. Something about real paper. I love it. You know. So, how about you, Letty Lou? Uh, best place to find me is over on MeWe. Um, I'm on there at Liberty all day. I got a nice little page over there, or Odyssey at Liberty all day. I have a, I recorded my song for the week. This You guys get the sneak peek. This week's Letty Sings is the song, The Foggy Dew, which talks about the 1916 uprising. And it's one of my favorites. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Very cool. Looking forward. And how about Mr. Tom? Yeah, thanks. Major um, Tom, sorry. Yeah, Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. So yeah, we have uh, a uh, podcast with the guy over there, Mr. Brian, uh, that link the gremlins are all worked out so that that post is there and uh the podcast is actually doing really well so take a listen to that if you want to learn more about brian and his side hustles and monetizing your homestead i've got two podcasts coming up two episodes coming up from a gentleman in the milwaukee area who just lost his job but he's also running a, a meat side hustle working with amish folks and selling um grass-fed beef and pigs and and chicken and such so we had uh he is another brother of another of of another mother uh to me and uh we had a great conversation and it went a long time so we've got two shows with him so there there'll be a special coupon code for his little business and help him out because uh you know it's scary to lose your job and you're kind of starting from scratch on a side hustle it's, well he's been doing it for a little bit but this is like the, the the gods are pushing him off the edge and, and see if he can fly or, or sink. So uh, that'll be coming out this week. So two episodes this week. Very cool. Thanks, Major yeah. Tom. And, uh, you know, for me, I guess the easiest way to find all my links is toolmantim.co. Find all my social over there, uh, videos. Uh, this week, what do we got coming up? I've got uh, Repairedness on Thursday. That's a live stream. We're going to talk about home appliances you know, a very stimulating conversation, but we're going to talk about, you know, the repairs you can do that you don't know you can do, parts you can have on hand, and you're going to find out that stuff is way more repairable than you might think it is. And also Sunday evenings, I have interviews. I've got uh, Nicole Sauce coming on uh, right away, and we're going to, she's going to come on and talk about getting into income properties. And it's kind of exciting because I have her coming on my show basically on the two-year anniversary of when I was first on her show and I launched my YouTube channel. So I'm pretty excited. I, I love dates like that. I love, you know, how things come together. But she asked me what date and I said, hey, this date will work because it's basically two years to the day. So something to celebrate, right, guys? So anyway, guys, that's it for me. I'm not sure how to close the episode because obviously I won't use my catchphrase here, but... <laughs> 
Thank you, guys. Brian says something. But, uh... uh, we'll see you next week. Yes. Take care, guys. <laughs>